Thanks for tuning in to Start With Scripture, a Hesed Heart podcast. I'm your host, Audrey Grove, here to bring you scripture reading and application that can fit into your morning routine and your busy schedule. Learn more at hesedheart.com. my friends, and happy Friday. Today we are continuing on with the parables of the lost. Yesterday we saw the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin. Now today we are going to hear the parable of the prodigal son. But as one of my favorite pastors shares, he thinks it's more aptly called the parable of the lost sons. Because as we'll see today, both sons, the one who is typically seen as good and the one who is typically seen as bad, both sons are separated from the father. And it's really all about the father's immense love. Now, a lot of what I'm sharing today, and I will share a few direct quotes as well, is from one of my favorite books that really, truly impacted the way I see God, I see sin, I see my relationship with God, and that is called The Prodigal God by Pastor Timothy Keller. Now, as we're diving in today, remember that Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. And he started with the two parables we already heard, and he finishes with one of the most well-known parts of scripture, but a part of scripture where I think we miss the depth of this beautiful parable, this beautiful story. So let's dive right in today. We are in Luke chapter 15, verse 11, and I am reading from the ESV. And he, Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Now this is something we often gloss over. The younger son is asking for his inheritance, but he's asking for this before his father dies. And normally this is something he would receive upon his father's death. And I love in the prodigal God, Tim Keller equates this to saying, I wish you were dead. I only want your stuff. And isn't that so heartbreaking? And what does the father do? He divided his property between them, between the two sons. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. And here is something that I think is so amazing. When I think of the word prodigal, the prodigal son, I always thought that meant the son who returned home. But prodigal doesn't mean returning home at all. It means spending everything you have. 
In the book Prodigal God, Tim Keller says it's recklessly extravagant. And so the prodigal son isn't called that because of his homecoming, but because of his extreme and excessive spending of the inheritance he took. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. He was at his lowest low. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. So beautiful, the son full of repentance. A heart that is humbled and says, I'm no longer worthy to be your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. As soon as the father saw him coming home, he ran to him. And I love again how Tim Keller puts it. He was prodigal. He was recklessly extravagant in his love. The father, who of course is a picture of our God, showed extreme prodigal, extravagant Love. He ran to him and hugged him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. And this is the picture we normally think of when we think of this beautiful story. The homecoming of the son. And yes, it is beautiful. Yes, it is wonderful when we see the father's amazing love. But it doesn't end here. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called out one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you. I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, the father, saying to the son, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It is fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. We forget that both sons were alienated. And I think Tim Keller puts this very well. Here is a direct quote. He says, Sin is not just breaking the rules. 
It is putting yourself in the place of God as Savior, Lord, and Judge, just as each son sought to displace the authority of the Father in his own life. And another quote referring to the elder brother, because we tend not to see this kind of quote-unquote good sin, sin that looks good, just like the Pharisees. And Tim Keller writes, elder brothers obey God to get things. They don't obey God to get God himself in order to resemble him, love him, know him, and delight him. So religious and moral people can be avoiding Jesus as Savior and Lord as much as the younger brothers who say they don't believe in God and define right and wrong for themselves. So here we see the older brother is just as separate. And yet God the Father, the Father in this story, he goes to both of them. He goes to the younger son when he comes home and he goes out to call the elder brother in even though he is out there pouting and upset. And of course, we know that this is a picture of humanity, of salvation. Tim Keller writes, The message of the Bible is that the human race is a band of exiles trying to come home. The parable of the prodigal son is about every one of us. May this parable be convicting if we are moralistic or legalistic trying to earn our way, do good, control God with our goodness. But may it also be encouraging. God is a God of prodigal, extravagant love. He went to both brothers, to both sons who sinned so differently. He went to them and he invited them in. May we accept that invitation and dwell on his amazing, unfathomable love. And I will see you tomorrow morning. The book I referenced today is one of my absolute favorites, The Prodigal God by Timothy Keller. It is extremely impactful. To get your own copy, go ahead and check out my affiliate link at hesedheart.com forward slash books.